How you been? I haven't seen you in fucking forever. <laughs> Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. You're listening to Sapman Podcast. Sapman! Sapman! You are listening to episode 171 of Sapman Podcast featuring myself, Sean Smith, and my good friend, Morgan Richards. Yes, it's me, Morgan Richards, and Sean, because we're partners in crime, someone told me that karma's going to come and collect your debt? Something about a, a killer in the mirror? I, I, I don't know. <laughs> the sixth guest... <laughs> oh, my eye in. I straight my eye laughing at that. Eh? This week's guest is Cody Carson of Tampa's Finest Set It Off. Yes, and Cody Carson must be one of the most charming, charismatic, and hyperactive guests we've ever had on the podcast. Yes, he is um, full, of, full of personality. He's got so much personality, it's changed his hair a different colour. <laughs> <laughs> That's very true. We're rocking the uh, flamingo pink currently, but Set It Off have cemented themselves as one of alternative music's most Unlabelable bands, if that's even a word. They've built a community of fans combining elements of pop punk, emo, R&B, rap, musicals, the lot, and embrace people to just be different. Ever since forming in Tampa, Florida in 2008, they've been through many changes, many aesthetics, ups and downs. We're going to get into all of that throughout this conversation before the release of the fifth studio album elsewhere next week on March the 11th. I feel Set It Off have grown into their own entity, their own world, their own universe, and you saw many glimpses of this, Sean, touring with them back in the day across Europe in 2013. Yes, old man Sean toured with Set It Off. I want to say it was one of Set It Off's first European tours. If not their first, not that I'm claiming to have brought them to Europe, but you know them because of me. No, um, <laughs> yeah, I got a tour with them in 2013. Us, the Blackout Yellow Card, and uh, set it off Yellow Card Redlining, obviously, because they are fucking massive. Um, I'm trying to think of memorable things that happened. I remember them being very, very excited, very, very um, bouncy, and um, as you'll find out in this, I am um, I lost a denim jacket on that tour. I'm almost convinced when I set it off stall. So, um, <laughs> yeah, 
I love that jacket as well. But yes, thank you very much for Cody for coming on. And it was super good to see him again. Dive into everything Cody and set it off. Yes, yeah, really throughout this chat, we're going to get into obviously all the secrets behind the new album, but just things in general like having to deal with loads of vocal surgeries, how they've had to come back off really management and label separations. Who's made him feel like a little emo kid? Some great detective work by Sean and the fact that they've had to reschedule their UK tour four times. They are returning to the UK this summer for Slam Dunk Festival. And speaking of summer festivals that we enjoy, Sean, our friends at 2000 Trees have just announced seven new bands for their lineup this week. Yes, yes, they have. Morgan, list them down now. Friends of the podcast Creeper, The Regrets, Cava Louise, Strange Bones, Puppy, Sick Joy, and Glue. And what? Glue. Oh, Glue. I thought it said Blue. I was like, well, the boy band. The four-piece boy band from the early 2000s. That would be... <laughs> I wonder if that would go down. Blue. Like, <laughs> blue Thousand Trees, or Blue Thousand Trees. Oh, if not, oh, if Glue, if Glue were not going around telling everybody it's called Glue Thousand Trees, they're missing a fucking opportunity there, ain't they? So that's free. That's free from Sapling Podcast to Glue. All I need Glue to do now is to um, share this podcast uh, when it goes out. So thank you very much, Glue. You can have that for free, Glue Thousand Trees. <laughs> but already the lineup is looking stellar with some of the big acts like Jimmy Eat World, Thrice, Idols, Turnstile, No Raiders. Devotion, Raiders. Raiders. And it'll nice. be taking place throughout in July from the 6th to 9th in Cheltenham, UK, only a couple hours away from London. They've been voted Best Medium-Sized Festival in the UK Festival Awards, and there's going to be some even more secrets to come very soon. Do you know what? I hate it when they say things like, Best Medium-Sized Festival. <laughs> it's a fucking... Hey, it's a fucking fantastic festival, it is. no matter it the is. size. Whether it was small or fucking huge... It's got everything. It's fucking brilliant. It's one of my favourite festivals I've ever been to. And I am blessed enough to have gone to some fucking fantastic festivals. So, yeah. So, get your tickets now. Now. Now, 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 now for 2000 Trees. Yes, it's a hell of a wonderful vibe. And because you're listening to this podcast, they've actually given our listeners an exclusive 10% off discount for all tickets. So, just head to 2000 Trees festival.co.uk forward slash tickets and enter the promo code SAPNIN. Doesn't matter if it's in caps or not. I checked at the top of the page and it's set to be one of the biggest 2,000 trees ever. So head over and have a great time. Yes, do that now. I cannot wait. I will see you there. What a fucking unbelievable three days of music. like, And it just keeps getting better. So um, yeah. What Morgan said, do that now. <laughs> yes, it's a deal not to be missed. And while checking out, head over to our social media pages at Sapling Pod on Twitter and Instagram and support the podcast by having a look at our Patreon page at patreon.com forward slash Sapling. But enough of all of that. Let's get straight into this wonderful conversation with Cody Carson of Set It Off right here on episode 171 of Sapling Podcast. 
Oh yeah, Cody. Sapnin! Sapnin! Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Yes, this week's guest is set it off front man, singer, songwriter, and Tampa's finest, Cody Carson. Cody, how are you? I'm doing well, dude. I am. um, We just got off tour. First tour back after I I think it was 265 days that I counted. 365 days. Um, Exactly a year. Exactly yeah, it was, a year. It was insane. No, no, no. Wait, I, I think it was almost two years. I forgot the number. That sucks. I should have prepared. <laughs> <laughs> but I remember it being like almost two years. So whatever the fuck that is, that's what it was closest to. But it was, um, it was crazy, man. Like you know, as a vocalist, like go, like t- touring for a while, you're like conditioned. And then I wasn't touring for almost two years. And then it was like, and then I made a ninety minute set, like our longest set, just like, and it was like no talk breaks. It was definitely like a challenge, but it, I, I didn't really give a fuck. We were back on tour doing what we loved. Finally, again, it was just a dream come true. Yeah, well, you you went overtime really with it as well, because obviously that tour in the States you just did was with uh, all of our good friends in South Atlantic and as it is. But yes. you know, like Patty was uh, was ill for a couple of the dates and you had to come out and do some songs with them as well. So you've literally oh, yeah. gone from nothing to a hundred very quickly. Oh yes. No, it, it was absolutely insane. Cause again, it was the 90 minute thing. And then I knew I was going to be featuring on another song each day. Cause I did one song with this artist, no love for the middle child called uh, older. And then I did a in threes with as it is, which was an absolute blast. We had to go so far back with as it is one of the uh, off days I was at a bar, just like looking through old Instagram photos. Cause one of my friends was showing me old photos of him. I was like, I've never, gone back in time on here let's see and i see like old photos of patty and i like at warp tour from like when we first started hanging out and it's just really cool to see how far back we all go 
Um, but yeah, dude, we navigated so many difficult things on this run. Like my biggest fear was like, okay, is our first tour going through a pandemic? How are we going to navigate this? What are the policies? And just making sure everyone felt safe and happy and all that. And, um, first person to get COVID was, um, Potter from Stan Atlantic. And he, they had to put him up in a hotel. They, they handled it like champs. They just tracked his parts, kept him away for a while. And then he hopped back on the tour. Everything was fine. But in the interim period of that, um, as it is in front of house guys started feeling like cold symptoms. And so we're like, oh shit. So, so he goes and tests and he finds out that he's positive for COVID. So he immediately quarantines. And then Patty was nervous. He didn't uh, have symptoms at the time. Tested, found out that he also had it. So then he had to go quarantine. Well, it, it could have been worse for them. It kind of worked out, but also it was another thing we had to navigate. So he was gone for what would have been three shows. The two like biggest A market shows of the tour, New York City, Philadelphia were up next. And then not COVID, the worst snowstorm in forever hit, and we had to postpone those two shows. No, <laughs> it's like you no. couldn't catch a fucking break, dude. <laughs> um, but um, but we made it work, and uh, everyone was happy and fine. And um, f- from that point forward, Patty came back, Potter came back, the front of house guy came back, and every- no one got it. Uh, from that point on, the rest of the tour was smooth, and we had a blast. Yeah, nice. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, there was something. Yeah, I, there was something I wanted to get into straight away. Uh, I've been lucky enough to uh, tour with you before, and, yeah. um, back when uh, the blackout was a thing, and uh, we toured together in Europe with Yellow Card. On that tour, I realised now that I've lost. I lost a black denim jacket. Um, did anybody pick it up? <laughs> if, if I if I knew if I did it, I swear this would be the perfect time. It's been long enough, but no, I did not. I have lost so many clothes on tour. There's so many times where you look back at photos of yourself and you're like, no, <laughs> I wish I still had it. <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, the other day I was looking back, uh, like I did, like you did. I was going through um, Instagram and I was like, oh, that jacket. Yeah. And so then I was looking and I was like, oh, I had it on this tour. And I was like, right. Oh, cool. Well, I didn't have it when I went to Australia next. So it must be in this one fucking <laughs> game like with the Sherlock Holmes work. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, with a pipe going, Mam, yeah, I'm going to find yeah, this. Yeah. I'm gonna, I know where this jacket is. But, yeah, oh. I only wanted to ask as a joke, but yeah. Oh, that's funny as hell. How brilliant would it have been, though, if you'd just gone, oh, after nine what, years? this yeah, one? This? <laughs> yeah, I have it on me. Like, waiting for you to ask. Like, God, I hope be asked about his fucking jacket. <laughs> <laughs> or even better, or even better, you didn't know it was mine, but you had it on anyway. Like, oh, you were yeah. just like, and I'm like, oh, I mean, wait a fucking second. That's Check the jacket the name I'm tag. looking for. It's, my name's written in Sharpie. <laughs> 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 oh, oh, man, dude. Oh. oh brilliant on, but, on that yeah. subject though what's like the weirdest thing you've uh, lost on tour oh weirdest thing i've lost i mean the thing that was the most oh the, the, uh, the memories are flooding back in i lose everything dude <laughs> <laughs> like so many examples the dumbest thing i've ever done as far as losing was i had a, a backpack um can you believe it i had a backpack <laughs> filled with everything that i i needed my 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 laptop, some of my external hard drives, and we put, finished a show at the Studio Webster Hall in New York City. And I, I've had some drinks. I was being stupid. I left my backpack down on the curb thinking, I'll come back and grab it real quick. It's in the middle of Manhattan. Like, anybody could walk by and grab it. And guess what? They did. Someone stole my backpack with my laptop. I had to get a new laptop, and I had to, like, change my passwords to everything because I found out Whoever it was, wasn't satisfied with stealing my stuff. They found a way to get into my laptop and started trolling all of our fans as if they were me into my logged on accounts. So I had to like what? do damage control and be like, no, this isn't me. I would never say this shit. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah. it like changed all my wow. passwords. 
So they stole my shit and then trolled me and then kept it. <laughs> but they, that's the, yeah, they didn't just go, oh, I've got a laptop and all these goods here. Let's yeah. do everything I can so there's no trace. They've just gone, oh, let's take the piss as well. Yeah, exactly. Absolutely. Like, you don't just sell it. You just like to have a little fun first. <laughs> <laughs> oh. I, I, I like the idea of it being somebody from a from a rival band going, oh, I've got him oh, now. I've got access dude, to the accounts. That would make more sense. At least I would get it. <laughs> right then. Let's work it out. We know I'm good at Sherlock Holmes and type stuff. Let's work out who's got a problem with setting off and if we can hunt them down to find this fucking laptop. Yeah. We'll just narrow it down. Do a whodunit party. <laughs> Who did you piss off on that very day? Was there anybody you pissed off on that day? Dude, if I did, I don't remember doing it. I try to stay nice to everybody, man. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that, that, well, we, I wish we just made up a kind of uh, someone just uh, just to keep this as a joke. Yeah. But, yeah. but it was Patty Walters this whole time. <laughs> this whole time, oh, he's playing the long con. Okay, I guess. <laughs> imagine if he, yeah, he just pops up in the fourth screen now, and he's like, "I would have got away with it too if it wasn't for that meddling Sean Smith." <laughs> I thought I knew you, Patty. I thought I fucking knew you. <laughs> Like yeah. a Mari moment, just sobbing. <laughs> yeah, he's like, um, yeah, he's taken a lie detector test. He's come back negative. And um, it turns out, yeah, he didn't have COVID. He didn't have COVID. He just thought you'd seen the laptop. And he just yeah. thought if he disappears for three days, you'd forget about it. He thought he has a weather machine. Genius. He started the snowstorms. It's like... <laughs> <laughs> oh, we're, oh going full, we're going full conspiracy now <laughs> Dude, the evil origin story of Patty Walters I love this uh, uh, <laughs> yes. Someone make it into like a fan fiction film or something it's A cartoon, all coming, a cartoon. It's, all, yeah. Yeah, it's, all, it's all coming together uh, now but, Someone's um, got to write it <laughs> But Cody, obviously we appreciate uh, you taking the time to do this And there's a lot with you and Set It Off we really want to get into But like, yeah. how's it just being getting back into the swing of things now because obviously you've got this new album elsewhere being dropped on march 11th with your fifth record um actually being able to go back and, and do shows now i mean like it must have been quite a weird time to have the force to stop and now everything just being so busy again yeah it really feels like you're you turned on a treadmill to the highest setting and then just jumped on it <laughs> it's it's insane but it was it's also just been really exciting and exhilarating and nerve-wracking I, there's, I have a few like thoughts running through my mind. First was like, we, we wanted, we had the longest set of rehearsals we've ever had. We didn't know how rusty we would be. Turns out a little bit rusty. <laughs> so, <laughs> you know, like, uh, for, but the most annoying thing was the hardest part was getting all the tech that we had sitting in a storage unit forever to like be up to date and working again. Like to anybody who doesn't know what a Kemper is, it's like a digital guitar amp that can modify, that can modulate, not modulate, mimic, imitate, um, the, uh, these other amps and ours were out of date. And I wa I've never wanted to throw a piece of technology at a wall as hard as I could in my entire life. And like, I had to like or organize the sets. We have, so we have these things called program changes where like, so they don't have to hit a pedal. Like as the song comes up, it just changes the song. It changes the tone as they're playing. And so doing that was just like, every time I would do it, it would reset. I was losing my fucking mind. That took two days to fix all of that. And then, um, and then we could start playing music. So the guys showed up both days, just like kind of playing unplugged and practicing, watching me just like rage over a computer. And then we eventually got to like the real meat of the rehearsals. And then it was just fun again. We like they, everyone was prepared. We like had to grind on a couple parts and then we we're like, okay, we're ready to do these shows. The, the first show of the tour, which is out in Phoenix and we're doing our VIP situation. And, and one of the things is I play a song uh, for the people that came to VIP. And I had, I didn't consider the fact that I hadn't played in front of anybody in that long. 
And so I'm playing a song of us card called You Are Loved. And I, the entire time I notice, I'm just staring at the ground. Like I won't look at them because I'm nervous. I'm like genuinely afraid. And I look up and it immediately like, it's like it all hit me at once. It's like the connection. You see that they're excited. They're singing, they're smiling. And I'm like, oh my God, I got overwhelmed. I got really, really emotional. And it was just really cool to like, that was the first moment for me. We're like, we're back. We're doing this again. And then the full band set was like a different thing. I, I, there's a reason I, I wanted to be in a band and not solo. I feel a lot more awkward just like on my own. But so when I had like when I was on the stage with the guys, it was just a lot of fun. Um, yeah, it's incredible. I'm happy to be doing it, doing it again. Yeah, yeah, I'm sure. But like one thing I've always noticed with Set It Off is obviously you have such a kind of caring and enthusiastic fan base. But it's been quite weird over the last couple of years because I feel like it's evolved even more so. And especially at a time where you kind of were in between labels and you lost your management and there's a kind of mm. a lot of question marks about what was going to go on. And, and then obviously the whole midnight era happened and you exploded to a, another level again. Like when you think about it, like is it kind of just being weird to see how supportive they've been, especially at some of your lowest points? I think that's what makes it the strongest family, like community that I, that I see personally right now is like, they, there's been so many opportunities for them to hop off the train, you know, entirely. And, um, and we take notice of that, like wholeheartedly that, you know, when we were going through all those difficulties, when it looked like we were dead in the water and, and we felt like we were dead in the water for a second. But I feel like one thing I love about this group, uh, is that we're, I, I, I think if there's one thing that I'm most proud of and set it off, it's our persistence and um, our, 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 the way we deal with adversity. It's like, we'll, we'll allow ourselves to process all the struggles and kind of just sit in it for a second. And then shortly after, we're like, all right, back to work. And, and that's kind of what Midnight was and just channeling all that, that struggle into new songs. And um, it's been crazy, man. It really, it really has just kind of uplifted us just to see the, the overwhelming support through everything. And I can't thank them enough. And what led to eventually like getting our, like our first award through Roxanne was for them. It was the fan power award. And that was just really, really cool that like, that they have not only is it are, like, not, do we feel recognized for just like being like our band, but that they're getting the recognition that the people that have come along with us are the ones getting recognized is, is really special that what we wanted to do during the pandemic was not lose touch because it's easy to do that. And obviously it was like the most content hungry era that we've seen in, in a while. And I had this friend who's like in the gaming industry and he was like, you guys should do Twitch. And I was like, okay, I'll try. And I had all the equipment set up that I did when I had my vocal injury. Like I just, my project, I just had to go on vocal rest for two weeks for that. And so I just, my project was to set up everything. And then I was, I, I totally like got scared, didn't do it. <laughs> so then eventually it's like, fine, I'll give it a shot. And I've had a blast. I, I just go on there and I get to know everybody. I'm like a much more personal level too. So they get to see me like through like, not just like, you know, when I would do YouTube videos back in the day, it was like me turned up to a thousand, you know, like all the time. Like, hey, everybody. Oh, like, but like the, they get to see me just like if I had a shitty day, I'm still streaming. I'm like, hey, I, today sucks. <laughs> Let's talk about it. And um, we'll make inside jokes and like play video games. And like, it's just a good time. And so it's the pandemic has actually offered us an opportunity to get to know them on a more personal level. And then when we came back out on tour, they're like. Yo, uh, yo, I'm Bunny Boo from Twitch. It's like, oh my God, it's you. It's, it's you. It's just like, it was really cool just to like put faces to the names and all that. So um, yeah, it's just been, I think they know that we care, which we, we really do. And I think that they reciprocate that back to us. Who was it that got you into Twitch? Was it Fred? A, fr no, a friend of mine named Mike Gongle. He's out in Chicago. 
Uh, he worked with a, a band called Meta Threads, who they're rebranding right now. But um, yeah, he's actually been like a, he's helped a lot of different artists kind of like get into like the gaming world. And um, I didn't know much about it. Like I, Twitch was also kind of foreign to me. I was like, I don't know if I would like that. And then he kind of like explained it all to me and showed me these different things. And <clears throat> excuse me, we went to E3 together, which I want to go every time that comes around. If, are you guys familiar with E3? Like the gaming yeah, conference? Yeah, yeah. Mm, oh, yeah. it's insane. We love video games, so it's perfect. <laughs> <laughs> oh no, yeah. the whole Twitch, the whole the whole Twitch platform is absolutely perfect for you. Like, oh I, yeah, yeah. Fucking, <laughs> sure. Are, no, for but sure. like you are a fucking larger than life personality. You fucking. Oh, thank you. You're a lovely fella. You're a lovely guy. People just fucking gravitate towards you. Um, yeah, a guy called That's Fred sweet, from thank Twitch you. got in touch with me and asked me to do it, and I was just like. I'm an old man. I don't even oh, know where to fucking begin. Dude, you're talking about charisma, man. You would slay it on Twitch. No. Nah. The problem is, he was like, he was like, oh yeah, we wanted to do something musical. And I was like, oh, I've got no, apart from shouting, like, I've got no <laughs> musical talent. What do you want me to do? Like, just sing badly out of tune on Twitch. Um, do some production yeah, stuff, so, do whatever. <laughs> uh, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. But yeah, hope, yeah, hopefully one day it'll happen. Yeah. Plus, if he says anything, he hasn't got me there to kind of edit it together yeah, or anything like that. Yeah, that's live, true, yeah. live editing, Morgan! <laughs> Quick! You know what We're you gonna can do? Literally on Twitch, you could do this live on Twitch. Uh, true. Yeah, we can't yeah, do. true. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Look at Cody the agent. Uh, hey guys, what do you I'm say? Only gonna, yeah, I'm only gonna need ten percent for the idea. <laughs> <laughs> oh, but going back, do you feel like there was a turning point where things were a little bit shaky with the band, and then you just be able to to flip it and and see those fans really engaging everything? I think um, that when you see the turning point, because we've had multiple struggles like throughout our career, multiple times where it should have been like, well, I guess this might be it. Uh, and I think where the turning point really happens that we witness from the fans picking up is when they see us come back with like a first song after a struggle. And because, you know, it's like, is it still there? Because that, there's been times where like where there's bands that I listen to and it wasn't necessarily a struggle, but it's like every new album, it's like, is this going to be make me feel the way the other albums made me feel? Am I still going to like feel like this is part of that same band? And I think when we're able to deliver that um, in, in a way where they're receptive to it, it's kind of like a validation for on both parties. They're like, okay, they're still them. And I'm like, okay, they're still here. <laughs> and, uh, and to be honest with you, like to get really real with you with um, upside down, we we've mentioned before, but it, it was just, it was a tough res- reception to that record um because like we we like you know i've listened to pop for so long and i think mm. i'm still by the way very proud of every song on that record and some yeah. are very leading to like the stuff that they were more used to for us like hypnotized was very much like classic angry me and um but i was in a really happy place when i was writing that album so i wrote a songs like upside down about like not letting the small stuff get to you and trying to make you know something positive out of a negative and Life Afraid about like not living your life afraid in general. Like that was written. I, I almost didn't want to write that day. I wrote that song after the, uh, the shootings in Paris because the last day of the yellow card tour was played at that venue. And that was a, a memory in my head of how significant that venue was to me and seeing that happen. I was like, yeah, I could have been anybody. Like, you know what I mean? Like that could have been any show, any group of fans, anybody. And so uh, that was birthed out of that. But like, it was all generally, uh, generally a positive album. And I started to learn that they they like me more when I'm angry. There was a part of me that was like that was like fuck you, dude. Like I'm happy. Like support me. 
But I also get it. Like no one bottles up happiness. You emote it as soon as you feel it. You need something that's like your punching bag to kind of get all that negativity out. So when we went into midnight, we kind of refocused and we're like, okay, well, how do we, how do I get what I want? And how do they get what they want? Cause I don't, I don't want to sacrifice everything I like to write and just keep writing for other people because that's not how you start as an artist anyways. So midnight was us kind of cultivating that sound. And um, this, then elsewhere is kind of us honing in on it even more. Well, how dare you try and be happy and spread know. that positive? What a dick, right? That's <laughs> <laughs> uh, so where you went wrong. You should never be happy. You're in a band. <laughs> yeah, dude, be sad. Your songs bring me happiness by your sadness. Don't you dare ever smile. <laughs> Emo's back. Stay that way. <laughs> yeah, I had the exact same thing. Yeah. I had the exact same thing. Uh, the Blackout did an album called Start the Party, which was because we were finally we before that we had an album called hope which was a bit sad and then we did this one start the party because i'd found partying should we say yeah, and yeah i thought i thought oh all our audience is cool like they're all you know they're all growing up they they probably all love partying as well yes it's so no. it's so disheartening no. when you feel like you're doing the right thing and you put your heart and soul into it and you release and people are like this is okay you're like, I put a year of my, over a year of my life into this. And I, this is what I met with. Dude, it, it's, it's like a dagger to the heart, man. So every time you're releasing an album, when people hear it, like, why are they afraid? They're, they're releasing music. They're doing what they love. Yeah, I love it. But I'm also terrified that you're going to shut me down. Like, yeah, it's a really terrifying <laughs> yeah. thing. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah, but, that, but that's the thing. Like how, cause especially with that time, like, I feel like Duality was an album that got a lot of people onto the band and got a lot of attention. So was it kind of weird to see how you'd grown so much from that and then Upside Down comes out and it's kind of like a, a rocky period again? Yeah, that was the weirdest thing about it is it's like, I know it wasn't our, our first album duality, but that was the first album where we're like, okay, we found out who we are. And it's like, okay, I can utilize these pop sounds that I grew up listening to, like from like boy band shit and like TLC Destiny's Child, but mix it with alt music and, and we can be who I've always wanted us to be. And it, and it worked really well. And there was like, it's weird because that album was surrounded by so much struggle. Like the person who was supposed to do our album for that initially backed out three days before we were supposed to start. We're like, we're screwed. This guy, wow. Brandon Paddock, um, who I only wrote one, uh, one song with him, Why Worry at the time, but I had such a great chemistry with him. And I called and I was like, well, you do this album. And he was like, he was like, I don't know. And like, like 20 minutes later, he calls me back. and was like, I got a full plan. We're doing the record. And I was like, so like, it was like, so I really do think that in the most chaotic moments, like your best stuff comes together. Cause you're like so alert and on your toes, but like, so that, that was like, think bred out of all that struggle. And then upside down again, I was, uh, we're starting to buzz more, you know, I'm happy. I, I, I just started dating a girl who I'm now engaged to fast forward, but like that, like I'm, I'm really, really happy. And so then things were more smooth and I don't know, I, maybe I'm overthinking it. Like maybe it was the <laughs> fact that I wasn't struggling through a bunch of shit at the time, but it was, it was frustrating to feel like, you know, new we're with new management and they're like, we're going to get you in like the, you know, in like the pop circuit. And so they would be more encouraging of pop sort of leading styles and, and aesthetics. And I can't put that entirely on them because we wanted that too. Like every band wants to be as successful as humanly possible. And we, we were told that, you know, there's the keys of the car. This is the avenue you got to take. And we, we bit hook, line, sink them, you know, like, and so, um, I think we got a little lost in that process. If I'm being completely honest with you, we didn't know it, know it at the time. Um, but 
looking back and then and then seeing how things transpired and then how things have been now since we've kind of like we've kind of put both hands back on the way i think it's what it was is that we felt like our hands were starting to lose grip off the wheel and we've always been diy like when we first started we'd book our own tours we played a nobody make no money all that shit and we started to realize let's go back to our roots put our hands back on the wheel and feel like we're back in control again and that was midnight for us and um so and now this one um is has been it's it's just been it's been a lot of fun now understanding it takes this long apparently for us to fully understand <laughs> but you're constantly growing and learning and that's just kind of what the journey's been yeah well it's interesting to hear that kind of internal battle with kind of different influences because one thing i did want to bring up is that you kind of all have such a diverse backgrounds for inspiration because anyone listening to set her off will feel that there's some really big pop punk emo bits but then you could feel like you're listening to a backstreet boys hook or <laughs> yeah. like the rap bits and at times this even feels like i'm listening to parts of a musical or things like that and, and it's so mixed up and all of those are sometimes in the same song and i feel like if it was for like any other band it, it might hinder them but for you it just seems to work like why, why do you think that is that's a great question and i think about this often but i remember like it's, I think it's been the product of a lot of like, I wish I knew how to write this into a song because I grew up listening to this and, but being terrified to do it. Like hypnotized was the first time I ever tried to rap on a song. And like, I, I'm not fooling anybody. I'm, I'm fucking white as hell. But like I grew up listening to like Dr. Dre, Eminem, like all, all, all of the goats. And like, I, I wish that I could have done that in my, I would love to be in my, you know, in my room rapping along, trying to like, my favorite were the fast raps and like I would legitimately in my room find a way to slow down the tempo of the rap songs, put all, pull up the lyric sheet and practice so I could rap faster because it was so fun to me. And I've always been obsessed uh, with hip hop and rap in general. And um, but I was always terrified to try it out. And so we're like, well, let's try it. Maybe it's maybe if it's more of like a sing rap thing and we were trying in the studio and I kept I remember I kept like trying a take and looking back like, is this cool? Is this dumb? Do I sound like an idiot? <laughs> like, like, not sure oh, at lungs? all. Am I allowed yeah. to do this? <laughs> and they're, and, they're, and they're, like, they're like, yeah, just own it. Just go for it. And, 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 and it'll work. And, and luckily it worked out and our fans gravitated towards it. So that was like only one track. We're going to try it on. Let's creep the door open. See how they respond. If they shut the door in our face. We're like, cool. Never mind. We tried it. That's okay. And I kind of like trying that once per album. Like what, what's a thing that I've wanted to do or a style we haven't really touched on and we can roll the dice and they'll tell us how they feel about it. And if they like it, we can try more of it moving forward. Um, and I think the reason why we're more receptive to being so like have that variety is we're, we're able to see like analytics of streams. So we're like, okay, well, this song is a popular one for us. And they, this has this, this, this. So we're kind of analytical about it. So we know that they'll like moments like this. Like, well, they like this song they, we know they'll like moments like this. And then next album, it's like, well, let's see if they like this. Hope they do. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Nice. Nice. Well, something that um was interesting that, so I, I handle like prim the primary side of the writing and Max handles, uh, I, I used to be really controlled and I wanted to be in control, like the music video and the aesthetic. And I realized that that's not my strong suit. Like Max is really, really good. He has an eye for like aesthetic and he starting, uh, I think midnight was his first time taking full control. The goal for midnight was taking that, that pop side and kind of turning duality into a, like the, almost like the alternate universe, dark timeline of it. Like we took the brightness and just turned the dial down. And so that's kind of where that era came from. And then we burst out in this colorful era because he, he first said it as <clears throat> because of our variety and all these sounds we do, 
we've always heard from people like in the industry, like we're not sh- quite sure where to place you. And, and we're like, well, why don't you just place us as alt because it's a bunch of things. <laughs> or, or, you know what I mean? But at the same time, this is like us leaning into that. That's why it's everything happening at once as far as like what the visuals are. And that's part of why, but yeah. Yeah. So coming to the writing process now for elsewhere, I mean, are you just at a point now where you're not overanalyzing things or is there still kind of a worry that you're going too extreme maybe one way? I mean, like, how would you really go into into writing a song now compared to kind of the early days? I think I'm always going to be over analytical, but I think I analyze less than I used to because now I, my goal is always just write too many songs. That way I don't feel weird or bad or overthink it. If it doesn't make the album, I can, I can be in a session like, let's try something weird. And I can be like, well, we're only going to write 12. So don't know if we can take that risk. So well, my goal now is I try to write, if I can, if we have an amount of time, like 40 demos. And then if we have that, I might, you know, there's quality and quantity. And that way, hopefully you have a problem at the end, like narrowing them all down to what's going to be your best album. But it also allows you that, that, that luxury of trying different weird sounds. And I remember on on this album like i was kind of afraid of the single we just released who's in control because it's kind of like it's probably the most indie sound we've ever done and i people are used to us being like like 170 beats per minute and like (laughs) minor keys i'm yelling at you and this was like i remember my first time thinking in the vocal booth for like the verses i'm like kind of relaxed and 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 laid back and i'm like well I feel more comfortable doing that now. I'm not as crazy in your face as I used to be just as a person in general. And so it was kind of nice, but also I, I, I felt like this was a huge risk, like putting this song out as much as I love the song. I, I, am, I, I think the song is one of the best we've ever written ever, but I didn't know if, if our fan base would be that receptive to it. And so far they've been the most receptive to this song of all three we've released, which I was so surprised by, but that's, that's what I love about the roll in the dice aspect. But the other two have still been very, very well received as well at the same time. So yeah, yeah, it's also. Is there any? Was there any parts that you wrote where you were like part of a musical genre or something that you've tried to use but you haven't fitted in yet? Like I don't know, like a crazy opera bit or <laughs> oh, <anything> like, <laughs> oh, like something that I want to do in the future. Um, I I think. Oh man, now that you said like crazy opera bit, like you got my my, my brain going. <laughs> <laughs> it, it would be cool, like. Someone uh, told me that I like we've never done a song with just my voice and just a piano. And the closest we've come to is on this album. There's a song called Better Than This. There is other production, but like, I don't know why it's so hard for me to just be like vocals and piano. That's the song. But I know that's nothing crazy, but just like that's one thing I know that I'd like like friends of mine have asked my, my mom. My mom, I think, has even asked me to do that. Um, <laughs> nice. But I've always kind of wanted to like, uh, oh, yeah, absolutely. She doesn't like when I cuss too much, but she, you know, she, she gets it. <laughs> but there's, um, yeah, there, I, there's one time we did a tour where I turned the whole thing into a musical. I like, uh, I, I put the songs in order. It was like back with like, we were supporting, we are the in crowd. And I put all of our songs in order, uh, of like a storyline. Like, I think partners in crime was our leading single then. And it was kind of based around that story. Cause that was just a song. I, I'd never written a song where I just wanted to tell a story about a, a story. I found that it was interesting, like Bonnie and Clyde. And um, so we kind of base it around that. By the way, I, I don't think I'll ever do that on stage again because there I could not breathe. I did a song and then I went into a monologue that I wrote and then I went into a song and then monologue. I literally didn't have a free moment. It was one of the most difficult things ever. But 
I, I recently got like heavily into scoring and I don't know if it'd be set it off related or not. I think I'm just rambling right now. I'm trying to find well, out I what am. would it be. I just <laughs> find a way. I maybe like a set it off musical has always been kind of like scratching the back of my brain, but that would have to involve us having like a crazy budget. So we're going to have to level up a few yeah. levels in order for that to happen. But it, <laughs> if we, if it does get to that point, I would love to find a way to make it, make it happen. I can see that being super successful though. Like I think you could definitely crowdfund it. You could definitely crowdfund it. I bet, um, I bet the better set of fans would fucking buy that. Yeah. They, I have well, it first. Well, well, Cody, that'll be 10%. Thank you very much. <laughs> yes! Yes! Absolutely. 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 Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but. But speaking of all the kind of change in theater off over the years, um, one thing I did want to bring up is obviously like recently, uh, Cody, obviously you've had to go through a lot of kind of focal surgery with your throat and I've had hemorrhages yeah. and all this kind of really dampened process on everything. And I was just wondering maybe if you could just talk us through some of the problems you've had to face and that kind of recovery and coming over from it and having to go back and do it again. I mean, and it hasn't surely hasn't been easy for you. No, you know, I think um, I've always been a, a worrier and very anxious. And I know like as soon as I became a singer, I, I immediately developed the, the health anxiety of developing a vocal injury, which I know I'm not alone in. I think most singers are like, do you have a raspy voice the next day? You're like, oh, this is it. I got an nodule. I'm done. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And so every day I was just constantly worried and that doesn't help. But I will say, I know that not, maybe this is me trying to find the silver lining. I'm happy I'm, I'm over the hump on it because now I'm not as afraid of it. And I know what I did. To, I feel like I know what I did to kind of put me in that position because I, I would always treat like the last day of a tour. Like this is the day I can go all out because I'll be off for two weeks. Who cares? I'll go for notes I wouldn't normally go for or push a little harder. And I, we were playing a festival in Singapore and I barely drank water that day. I had two coffees. I think I hit my friend's e-cig a couple times too. <laughs> just dehydrate. was like, how much can I dehydrate myself? And then <laughs> yeah. the room was sand. dry. I was just yeah. eating cups of sand. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I washed this sand down with some more grit. Yeah, that was just <laughs> yeah. cupfuls of sand. <laughs> that's so funny. Uh, oh, that's hilarious. I wish it's, oh, that's hilarious. <laughs> um, yeah, drinking cupfuls of sand. Um, had a couple shots. I literally couldn't have been more dehydrated. It was completely my fault. I was being an idiot, but I was like it's a last day of tour i'll survive i went for the high note of uncontainable and went for it with just like chest voice i pulled it up and i i felt something not pop but switch and i realized i was scooping up for notes the rest like i couldn't it's like basically like you have the map i know exactly how to get from point a to point b but it's like every time you walk there's new landmarks i know where i'm going i can't get there and i'm so confused and so it was just a very concerning feeling and actually, I like went to the guys. And I was like, I think something's wrong with me. And they know I get like that. So they they were being brothers to me. And they're like, it's fine. Don't worry. I'll get some rest. Everything's fine. And then I did karaoke and I realized I'm not. <laughs> and so I got the surgery. Um, I had to go on vocal rest, uh, like I said earlier, for two weeks. Literally couldn't whisper for two full weeks, which, by the way, if you ever get the chance, if you just have like some time alone, go on vocal rest for like a, like a week if you can. Your voice feels like you're a baby when you start talking again. Wow. Like it is just lifted up here. Like it's insane. Like it's <laughs> because you use it so much that you're just like, yeah, we're like all down here. But it, it's, it was just the weirdest feeling to me. And I was like, this is all I have to do to like have my voice come back to that. So it, I had to do that though. So they could see my vocal cords better so that when they went in for the surgery, they could see the vein clearly. So it was the healthiest it could possibly be. 
did that. I had to go on like a liquid diet with no acidity. I had to follow like this chart for a while. Um, and so there's a part of me that's like, you know, I hope I don't relapse. I got this new vocal coach, Rachel Lawrence, and she has just been a godsend. Um, I, I had like a breakthrough lesson with her during quarantine. So online, and I've always been nervous about those because like there is a bit of a delay, but you can make it work. And, uh, and she did. And just helped me like understand how to reach these higher notes without straining. And it just clicked one day during a lesson. And since then, my confidence has like come back. And now I'm not as afraid anymore. And, and now like I got through the hardest set I've ever had to sing over a, a whole headlining tour. And I feel even more confident. We're going on a, on a support tour. And I'm like, oh, okay, I'll be fine. 45 yeah. minutes is great. <laughs> <laughs> but during all, during all that, especially having to go through the kind of recovery, like, do you think it, it, was there a point where it really took a toll like mentally and then the worry was there for, for future endeavors oh God, yes. of, of looking after your voice? I actually did this is the dumbest thing I've ever done. I did a tour on the vocal surgery. I mean, on the vocal injury. <laughs> oh, uh, yeah, I know. So the re- what happened was what had happened was <laughs> I, I before I got diagnosed, uh, we already had a tour booked. And so I, I go to the doctor and he's like, yeah, you have a hemorrhage, but I could speak and I could like, I felt like I was fine. He's, I was like, yeah, I have a tour coming up. He goes, yeah, you can't do that tour. And I was like, I have to though, because we have like, cause I'm not just looking at, it's not just me that gets affected. Like crew mm, who's still mm, relying yeah. on this tour that is imminent. It's like, Oh, Hey, remember you're going to make money. Now you're not. And then it feels like it's my fault. And so I was like, okay, well, I, I don't want to let everybody, all the bands down. So I'm going to do it. And he goes, just track all your vocals. I'm like, not doing that. I, that's like the one thing I like, all, I don't mind like layered vocals, but I'm not going to lip sync. Like I'd rather I'd rather cancel the tour than, than lip sync. So I, I, I literally had to create a set based around my injury where I never sang more than two songs before getting a break. So I, it was like two songs. And then I went and played drums. And this is where I first started. Why, why our drummer Max comes up and plays ukulele for a song and sings for our song. Bad guy. It was entirely because I needed a break. But also <laughs> I knew he could do it uh, and he kills it. He kills it. So yeah, we, we switched for that. I came back two songs and then we did a drum solo. I got like a five minute drum solo where I would just go out to the side, drink a ton of water and then two songs. And then I believe that was the set. So we tried to like extend it for as long as we could, but it worked. We got through it, but I was terrified every day that I was going to like develop a new injury. But since the, the surgery and the recovery and him showing me that I'm now healthy again and then getting the lesson and having the breakthrough, I feel better now. I don't get as stressed anymore. I just know I have to baby myself a lot more, which I feel bad for because we have these like VIP meet and greets. And a lot of the time I'm on vocal rest because like if I have to like there's a free for all period where like we'll get to chat with everybody and I'll just get out my app and I'll type instead of talking. Because if I talk for that long to that many people, my voice gets tired. And um, so that that's just something that I've had to learn. And there's another singer who kind of like made me feel better about that lifestyle. Uh, his artist name is just Max, but Max Schneider is his name. And I went to go see him at a show and I was really impressed. He like, first of all, nailed his set and then comes back. To, it's an L.A. show. So like everybody in their family and their mother and industry is there. And he's still on vocal rest talking to everybody just because he knows he has a show the next day. He's very professional. I was like, I need to really take this more seriously. And so that's what I'm doing. And that's how I definitely got through the tour. Otherwise, I would have been screwed. <laughs> nice. Well, yeah, you mentioned... You mentioned Max. Um, it's Max's birthday today. So um. yes, it is. Yeah, I, I, uh, <laughs> I, I sent him. A, I sent him a text that he's on the East Coast now because he's out in Florida. That while we're out in uh, L.A., he was like, he's had enough. Yeah, so he's the homeowner now. Um, oh. So I set my alarm for uh, his time zone to wish him a happy birthday. Um, but yeah, two twenty-two 
22. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yes. Oh, yeah. Palindrome day. Yeah, he's palindromed. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Alan Drum. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. I'll go. I'll go. I'll go. I'll no, go. <laughs> no, no, no. I, I, I tell bad jokes on this podcast and times on the weekly. So you joining it yeah. makes, makes it easier for he, me. Awesome. He starts... He starts every week by introducing the guest via using their song titles as puns, and it's fucking dreadful. Open the floodgates. Yeah, yeah, it's all it's every week to a deadline. I forget. Yeah, I forget every week that he's going to do it, and he starts doing it. And I'm just looking at him like I want to fucking move him. Yeah, shit comedies. Um, all right on our podcast. So yeah, we let that fly. I love it. But speaking of Max, obviously you mentioned earlier that he's really taken the role of the aesthetics and everything yeah. like that. How would you think like that approach has really paid off? Because I feel like it, in a way it's been a lot more noticeable in recent years, especially now with all these bright colors changing from midnight to elsewhere. No, I totally agree. I, it's, I think what was really exciting about it was just kind of understanding everybody's strengths and letting everybody do what they do best and kind of letting them, them free, you know? And that was, it was really cool to see him and how he, is emoting his personal life through these aesthetics and these visuals. Like not, not to speak for him, but all these things that he said before is, is like, you know, he, during the pandemic, he was going through a lot emotionally. And then eventually he got to a point where he wasn't feeling anything. And that was the scariest thing he's ever felt. So what kind of led to elsewhere is he's, he's uh, sought out therapy and he learned how to just kind of address everything in his life. And he realized he was feeling everything at the same time, the good and the bad. And that's literally where the basis of this world is from. It's like you get the bright colors with the macabre industry, like as imagery, uh, you get like the skeleton, but covered in pink goo. It's like all of these weird thoughts, your nightmares, your fears, your, your emotion, like your, your endeavors, your, your dreams, everything just happening all at once. And anyway, we were like having like basically writing sessions for the storyline that's behind this. And it was really fun to just get to see him and his element just so elated and excited just to be talking about these ideas so it's it's just been a blast for for all of us because i think we're all like now in a, in a place where we're more comfortable and um i think ever, i think we're firing on all cylinders now it feels like a well-oiled machine since we kind of delegated things better nice does um does max think about doing it for other people would he uh like visual stuff it? Yeah, brand design for other people. Oh man, I don't know. You'd have to ask him. But if if they if anybody needs somebody, man, he's your guy. He's just really good at like listening to the songs and kind of visualizing different things. And yeah, he's. I mean, he could definitely make a living doing it. Absolutely. No, oh, yeah, no, for sure, for sure. Well, Cody, one thing we always like to kind of dissect on this podcast is just really speaking to our guests about a moment in their career or life where you've just felt like really full circle or just something that's happened that made you think like how have we managed to get this far you know, you've told us so many of your favorite bands you've been and um, some of the biggest festivals like does anything come to mind even when we're on a budget we still deserve nice things quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80 percent less than similar brands they have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at 50 dollars luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. 
Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bolin Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bolin Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at bolinbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. When you just think like, wow, like, I, I shouldn't be here. How, how is this happening? <laughs> there's, a, there's a few moments that come to mind. Um, one of the first ones that come to mind is um, Warp Tour was closing. It was, like, it was like the end of Warp Tour. And I remember like we, we were going to close out. We were the last band to play in Orlando. And that was the that was like I've I've been to that warp tour. I, I know I know Max that was his hometown warp tour, and Zach has been to that warp tour. And we would just go as fans, and we're like, this is the end of an era, and we're closing out a stage of a festival that I remember. I have so many memories of just staying up late with my friends, having some drinks, just geeking out about who we're going to see the next day, and <laughs> getting in the car and literally sprinting to go get in line. And um, and then do like closing out the last Orlando Warp Tour on the main stage was like, uh, what the fuck is happening? And then another thing is like, I don't know if it was that show, but like one of my favorite all time bands growing up was uh, Newfound Glory, and my, I was a drummer before anything. And Cyrus Baluki is still like my favorite drummer. And I look back, and he's like messing with Max on his drums, like raising cymbals, <laughs> and then like he gave him a China cymbal. I was like, what is happening in my life right now? Because I like I reverse back in time. I went and I legitimately went to Orlando to donate blood because if you donated blood, you got a backstage wristband, which, by the way, what the hell were they thinking? <laughs> <laughs> hey, give me your blood. For you real. Backstage. You <laughs> everybody. Because it's what I did. I punished. Uh, you know, I was like, I went backstage and I, I was I found out which bus was Newfound Glorious total. I, I fanboyed. You know what I mean? Like I saw Cyrus come out. I was like, hey, Cyrus. He came out and I was like, hey, man, I'm so sorry. I just want to let you know that you're my favorite drummer. And um, like I, I model how I play after you. I really appreciate you. Just don't want to bother you. Just want to let you know. And he was like the kindest person. He goes, thank you so much, man. What's your name? And he goes, this reminds me of the first. I, I did this to Travis Barker a long time ago. And I was like, whoa. Like that was just the coolest oh. thing to say in return. Yeah. So they're, yeah. like, they're just the most down to earth people on this planet. But that was a really big one for me. And the most recent one that was really cool was um, we opened. I think we won a contest. We opened a radio festival for our local radio station in Tampa called 97X. It was called Next Big yep. Thing. And I was oh, I've so been excited. to that. I, I've been to one of them. I went no to way. 97X. Um, Do you remember yeah, the headliner? Yeah. I'm curious if it was the same year. Oh, no, 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 no. I went in 2004. <laughs> oh, <okay. laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, they've been doing that for a while, man. It was always a blast. But that year, we were excited because my, my Chemical Romance was um, headlining. And I just... I, they were doing that one. It was, yeah, it was they were incredible. doing that one I was on. No fucking way. That's so weird. Yeah, that's insane. So we we opened that one, and I, I saw that Neon Trees was on, and I was loved their uh, their song that was out on the radio at the time. The uh, What are you waiting for? It's like so. I walked up to the singer, and I was like, uh, "Hey, man, I know you're about to go on stage. We just want you know, like, I, I as you can tell, there's a trend here. <laughs> I was like, just want you know, I really, I really respect y'all. You, you, you have you create incredible music. Can't wait to uh, watch you live. And he was incredibly kind. He was like, "Thank you so much." Um, wish you, wish you all the best. And then on this album, I was able to co-write with him and we wrote a song together. Uh, it was via zoom uh, because we couldn't get together, obvious, for obvious reasons. But, uh, we wrote a song, uh, cut off on the album. It's one of my favorites. 
like on the record. So that was a really cool moment for sure. Oh, nice. Yeah, it's just lovely to hear moments like that, and especially like you, you've met so many of your idols. Though, was there a, on the flip side, was there anyone like you wanted to approach and you were just like, nah, best, best, not and getting a <laughs> Ger- weird vibe. <laughs> uh, not weird vibes, but uh, on that same day, Gerard Way walked into the uh, the catering area, and I, I don't. Like now I don't get starstruck as much, but I was legitimately like, I will never walk up to him. Because <laughs> he was like, you know, leather jacket, red hair, just look like a fucking rock star. And I'm like wearing like an H&M button up <laughs> with the scene hair, eating tilapia at the table. And I'm like, oh, man, I, like it's just he had he had that X factor energy, like just you, you didn't even have to look up. You would just open the door and be like, yeah, Gerard's here. It just it was, it was just kind of like that. Um, but another weird full circle thing since then is like, uh, his brother, Mikey, one of the nicest people ever we've like recently been conversing online. And that for me was a full circle thing. So like, and what I like too, is like, I really appreciate when I can say those things, like I really respect what you do, you know, and, and, and not be afraid to be a fan to those people in fear of like getting rejection or, or disdain or anything like that. So when you're able to be that way in front of somebody and they're like a real person about it, it's really satisfying. Yeah, I think they might be they might be the nicest band of all time. Like Hell they might yes. be Yeah, we had we had Mikey on a couple of months ago um for it, when he brought up the Electric Century record. Even though like I was lucky enough with the blackout to tour with Mike Hem. Uh, That's so dope. I just found it mental that like like I reconnected with Mikey via this and then we started following each other on socials or whatever. And then all of a sudden he just kept replying to my Instagram stories. <laughs> and yeah. I was just like, the fuck is good? <laughs> He's the most down to earth, kind person, man. Leave one story that you haven't replied to. <laughs> like you don't have to. I love you. I love your band. You're fucking great. You don't yeah. have to reply with a smiling face <laughs> to every story. <laughs> the best. Oh. Like, they fucking yeah. love me. Oh, he's the best. He really is, man. They really, they really are. I'm intrigued to um, to know, like, what was the kind of story that got you moved away from drums into doing vocals? Um, being an attention whore. <laughs> <laughs> nice. No, nice. honestly, the way it worked out was, um, so the, the first band I was ever in, I was a drummer and it was a ska band. And, um, the, the, there was a person that was already doing backup vocals at the time. And so the lead singer of this band who like helped me get into it, uh, was, uh, was my brother-in-law. And so I, he would, I would hear like, obviously things he was thinking about. And I know that he knew that I could sing at the time. I, I, I started off being pretty shit, to be honest with you. Like, like no lie. While I was in that band, I remember being in a, uh, in a van and there was another person with us. It was a very straightforward person as you're about to find out. And uh, me and my friend were singing along to some of our favorite songs. And he turns to me, he goes, dude, honestly, you should really stick to drumming. And he <laughs> meant, <laughs> he meant right. every word of that. Where is that person now? What are they doing now, Cod? <laughs> I don't even know. I don't even want to fuck with that. Exactly. But like, what are you doing? Singing like fuck to thousands of people. Yeah. Yeah. It, put a, it put a chip on my shoulder. It really did. Because yeah. right. I took it right. to heart. Um, but so then I, I wanted to get better at singing. I, I remember I would start singing along to my favorite albums every day, every day, singing, singing, singing. And then eventually, like when I could afford it, I took lessons constantly. Like I, I listened back to like, if you listen to like older songs where I was like at reply or, um, uh, or like hush, hush, or even our first like comp for the storm EP, like my, I'm singing like this, like it's all in my <laughs> chest. So I didn't know what I was doing. I was just trying to like be on pitch and stuff. But so I, I would try to drum and sing at the same time. Cause my mom and dad were in a band and they had a drummer 
who would who would like drum and he would sing as well. He had like the come down mic, like that that thing that like was like on an arm. And um, I wanted to do that. And so I try to learn. And so whenever I would practice at home with like headphones on, I would sing along as I'm drumming. Eventually, I got the shot to do harmonies and drums. And I was like, okay, that's awesome. Eventually, that that band dissolved. And then me and my brother-in-law um, decided we were going to make a new band. But it was also potentially our last band called One More Shot because I was in my senior year of college. I'm sorry, senior year of high school. And I was about to go off to college. And we're like, well, one more shot. Let's see if we got it. And that band, I was drums and co-lead vocals. And during that time, I started to learn how to write. He started to teach me how to write. And I learned uh, the first song I ever wrote was Oh Marjorie. I remember one time um, before we played that night, before one more shot played, they, uh, they were cool with me coming up and just playing that song for everybody on guitar. And then when Set It Off started, I was guitar and, and, and vocalist. And then one day, one of our instrumentalists broke their instrument, uh, but they were a better guitar than I was. So I was like, well, how, yo, here you go. You play guitar. I'll just sing. Felt super awkward, by the way. <laughs> oh, yeah. I, yeah. I'd imagine... Yeah, from always being covered oh. up and having everything to like, be like, like, oh, fuck. Like, what do I do with my hands? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and then I remember, like, the, the thing that was the worst at initially was talking to, to everybody in between songs. And one of my favorite, uh, who I will still to this day call my mentor, uh, Joe Ragosta from Patent Pending. Um, we were on tour with them and we were playing a show in Stroudsburg, Pennsylvania. And it's one of my first shows, like, really committing as, like, lead vocals. At least it felt like it. But I was I was like an idiot in between songs, just like dead air. Like didn't know what to say, just dead air. I'm like, hey, I hope you're all having a good night tonight. Worth we have merchandise in the back if you want to check it out. <laughs> 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 like, so I get off stage and I, I'm paraphrasing, but it, like, basically what he said was, What the fuck was that? <laughs> <laughs> calls me out he goes when you're off stage you don't shut up dude you talk to everybody you'll talk their ear off like why aren't you why are you talking to them differently and i just gave that piece of advice to another friend of mine who was who's a singer because he was having the same problem and it's just so like those little pieces of information along the way like i remember um people said like craig owens what was like someone that you have to see as a front man i remember sitting side stage literally took out my phone and took notes like i just wanted to be better like i've always hungered to like be the best version of myself i can because i knew i wasn't just born with it and so like, I wish I was, but I had to like keep grinding and grinding and grinding and grinding. And but it's been fun. It's been a fun journey, man. I still have a yeah. lot of fucking work to do. <laughs> uh, I, see, that's I, I've realized that's where me and you would differ. Like if I was in the van singing and someone said, hey, stick to drums, I would just get worse at singing. I on purpose. I'd be like, oh, is it? I wish I had that reaction, but immediately I was just like, Fuck you. <laughs> like, you've worked hard. You've got you. You're fucking killing it. I just would have been going, <laughs> just to annoy that one person. Oh, <laughs> oh, oh wow. Well, Cody, as we start to um, wind down now, um, one thing I have to bring up because people will get angry if I don't um, oh, is obviously <laughs> you're, you, you've, you're supposed to have toured the UK and uh, oh, to reschedule God. this like four times. I fucking um, hate it i'm sure you've had a lot of just kind of people online just being like uh-huh another reschedule yeah. did you see what did you see what we called one of them it was supposed to be for the midnight tour now it's going to be the elsewhere tour in the next one it was uh, already the part four tour and i think it was max's idea to call it midnight world tour part for the love of god don't make us reschedule this again <laughs> <laughs> oh, Dude, it was like so up. many things first with the vocal injury and then it yeah. was covid and then it was covid and then it was covid it was just like <laughs> yeah yeah the, the top it's all things, things like, it's all things called co 
Everything what? with Cohen. The t- everything with Cohen. Yeah, as as calls it Cody COVID. <laughs> I was like, wait, uh, where are you going with this? And yeah, yeah, yeah I didn't know where you were going with that. It's the codes. <laughs> the codes, man. The codes. It's yeah. the codes, man. <laughs> yeah, no, it's been so frustrating. And we're, it's because it was, well, the most annoying part is it, it's out of our hands, obviously, but like everyone's trying their best. Like our agents <laughs> who are like, they're great agents and they have their ear to the ground so well. And they're like, this is the time it's going to work out. And um, same thing happened kind of with our US tour. We're like, we, we booked the tour for that, for that stretch of time because everyone's like, it's going to, it's going to die down a little bit by then. We'll feel more safe. And it was heading that way. And then all of a sudden we have everything in line. Everything's booked like so much money on the line. And, and so, and they're like, well, it's back, but we can still do shows. Like, so we can do shows. Are you positive? We can still do shows. And they're like, yeah, okay. Like then we can do it. Okay. We'll put the policies in line. But like out there, it's like UK, maybe like pretty much available, but like Europe is not travel wise at all. And we want to do it as a whole. So it's just been um, trying to get it to where everyone's going to be able to show up because like yesterday we had our, our tour and I was really happy about the turnout, but I wish we were doing it in a time where there's, not, there's definitely parents out there like, I don't want you putting yourself in that situation, which mm, I understand. 100%. And I think that's, that's a problem. Like, yeah, a lot of people, like a lot of UK people, you know, obviously, um, are sad because American bands have to reschedule. And like a lot of them at the moment are rescheduling again to 2023 now, but they've got a lot of people don't realize how much it costs a band to go and just do the UK when when Europe is right there and you could just go to Europe and you can make the money back and you can carry on. Yes. They don't realize how important that is to bands coming over here. Dude, the flights for everybody that is coming from the U S all of the gear rental, which is insane (laughs) travel, all of it, man. It's just, it's nuts. It's nuts. But it's, it's, a, it's a price worth paying if you can make it work, you know? It just to, to be able to play shows out there. And my hope is that Distance just made the heart grow fonder and we go back there and it feels like one giant party. <laughs> oh, <laughs> really when, you, so. when you eventually come back for the tour, I think people are just going to be so excited. My, my girlfriend has a paper ticket in the drawer that she's had since 2019. Good. That's amazing. We were also wondering, like, did we set a record? I feel like we have a record for the most rescheduled tour of all time. But yeah, because like, but what? That's one thing that we, but because we, we would always ask our agent, like, did did everyone ask for a refund this time? Like, I totally get it if they have, but like everyone, like maybe here or there, but for the most part, like most of them have kept their tickets. So it's just amazing to me how patient everybody's been so far yeah. with this yeah, whole thing. She, yeah. Every now and again, she's like, oh, one day. And it puts it back in the drawer. <laughs> I, yeah. I don't even know if they make paper tickets anymore. Right. Like, over, this, like, over this pandemic, it's probably all gone to like phone QR codes now. So you have to oh, absolutely. Them, you'll get germs. Behind me on my right, you might not remember this little invention, but this thing's called a printer and it's going to be obsolete in about two years of it. <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> Pretty much, oh, but fuck it up. Yeah. obviously you are coming back to UK for Slam Dunk Festival in the summer, though. So yes. at least there's, there's that to look forward to. That is happening, and I cannot wait, man. I just want to see everybody out there again. It's been so long, and get like a proper cheeky Nando's, you know? Like it's been a minute. <laughs> <laughs> I miss it. <laughs> uh, yeah, Americans' love of Nando's is like oh, British God, people's yeah. love of In and Out. Like, mm. oh, yeah. oh, In and Out Burger. Oh, Carl's. <laughs> Carl's Jr. was my boy. 
That oh, wait, hold up. I thought you were going to say that that's a thing on the UK that everyone loves Carl's Jr. It's like, no, oh, no, 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 they don't know. They don't know. Don't tell them about that. Yeah. We'll keep it on the download. Yeah. 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 Cut, cut yeah, that, cut that, cut that out of the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> oh, but, but with all that now, obviously, new record coming out March 11th. I'm sure that people can keep an eye out for those rescheduled UK dates to come eventually. But what yes. else can we just kind of look forward to? What else is in the pipeline for Setter Off now uh, coming up and going forward? Well, we're uh, we're going to have another single being pushed with the, with the album coming out March 11th to look forward to. Um, and I think that is when, when we show everybody the album, that seems to be one of their favorites, if not their favorites. So I'm really excited to hear everyone's response to that one. Um, elsewhere, March 11th, again, um, if you want to come to any of these shows, again, going on tour, supporting in the U.S., Simple Plan, uh, Sun 41 co-headliner in the spring. Um, all the shows uh, that you can check out will be at setitoffband.com. So please go get your tickets. And um, yeah, dude, uh, just I just can't wait to keep going. I'm just pumped. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I'm sure. Yes, it's good to see you as well. So, yeah, <laughs> thank, to see you, you, too, thank you so much for this. Yeah. yeah, thank you. Thank you so much for doing this. Um, thank you for the music over the years. And hopefully we'll get to do one of these in the flesh at Slamder. Yeah, dude, good. I'm down. Yes, this has been a lot of fun. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Thanks for taking the time, man. And uh, I'm sure we'll see you soon. Dude, my pleasure. Such a good time, man. Lo- like, seriously, I love this format of the podcast. It's just a good time. I felt really open and, and free. So appreciate y'all. You listen to Sammy Yes. 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 That was the wonderful Cody Carson of Set It Off fantastic chap hasn't changed a bit apart from his um neon hair mm-hmm. that seems mm-hmm. to change fortnightly but um yeah absolutely lovely person yeah congratulations on set it off for carrying on and doing well doing well it's, it's awesome to see yes it was just such a funny conversation I, you know, he's really open with us i'm just really thankful that he took the time um to tell all those stories he hasn't had it easy these last few years with all those vocal surgeries and losing his laptop and all that kind of stuff and especially um some kind of label disputes in the past with the band as well but it's just nice to see him bigger as ever gearing up now to release the new album elsewhere on march the 11th um the singles they've released so far will make you dance will make you want to mosh and hopefully that uk tour will be rescheduled at some point Yes, and I also want to say, uh, Mikey Way, if you listen to this, and you've got this far, <laughs> I was joking earlier, I was joking, please message me, I love it, I fucking, yes. it literally makes my day, so, <laughs> it was a joke, I was, uh, sorry Charlie Murphy, I was having too much fun. <laughs> uh, but no, but I'm, I'm sure it's nice for you to rekindle friendships with people that you, you toured with back in the day as well. Yeah, I, I don't think I've seen them since, like, I think I said Slam Dunk 2015 or something like that. Mm. There's a photo on my Instagram. If you go to uh, Fake Sean Smith on Instagram and scroll back, there's a photo of me doing an interview with Cody and the rest of the set of guys running at me from behind. So, um, wow. have a look at that. Um, yeah, they were they were, they were were fun to do with. I remember them being, you know, young and excited and us and Yellow Card being, like, slow old men going, Oh, look at these fucking kids <laughs> full of sugar, thinking life is great. Oh, life will fucking teach him a lesson. And um, as it, as it, fuck, go on, set it off, carry on, boys. <laughs> fucking brilliant. Nice one. They're absolutely yeah. killing it, and I'm glad to see. Well done. Jealous as fuck. Good on you. <laughs> 
literally taking over the world. And that's reminded me something back in the day when I worked in radio, uh, Cody and a couple of the guys came in to do an acoustic session with me. So technically I've had the private gig from set it off, but you know, I won't brag about it. But I did find... Ka-ching! What was that then? Oh no, that was set it off's name dropping out of your mouth onto the floor. But I did find the recordings of those acoustic performances. So if you're a member of our Patreon page, patreon.com forward slash sappening, this week you'll hear (laughs) those exclusive acoustic session tracks on our Patreon so, I My mean, man. the best best way to support us, you get some things you never thought you expected, some bonuses, some laughs, and then be a part of a wonderful community. Do you know what, Morg? That's a fucking genius idea. <laughs> I appreciate that very, very much. <laughs> Everyone, if you want to hear these fucking set it off songs, acoustic songs that they played specifically for Morgan, um... <laughs> Check out patreon.com for us happening where we've got this exclusive content. No one tell my older players it's fine. I own the recording. I was just about to say, are we about to be sued by (laughs) (laughs) I just said the name. Um, Could you bleep it? Could you bleep the name out? And then leave this bit in? (laughs) Yes, of course. (laughs) (laughs) Take that. Oh, I said it again, but it doesn't matter because you are going to bleep it out again. Genius oh, idea. Yes, what Morgan said, no. go to patreon.com forward slash satin. It's the only place um, you can support us unless you see us in the street and you've got a £50 note on you. I will take that as well. Oh, yeah, definitely do that. If you see us at any festivals this summer and you just want to give us some cash, I mean, I definitely take that. Should we get a card machine so people can just... <laughs> oh, that'd be so good. <laughs> Oh, I love the podcast. Do you? Oh, you put the Patreon? No. Oh, all right. There you go. And then you just hold up a card machine. Ah, oh, bro. Let's get a card machine and see how many people are 2,000 trees we can get to sign up to the Patreon just because they're fucking drunk at the festival and oh. they've listened to too many episodes. But if you have listened to three or more episodes, check out patreon.com for us something. It's the very least you could do, you shit. Yes, please do. And give us a follow at Sapling Pod on Twitter and Instagram. And a reminder again, 2000 Trees Festival taking place in July. Uh, Can't it's going to have great bands, including Jimmy World, Idols, Thrice, who are playing for Hisu in full and Turnstile. And you can get 10% off your tickets right now at 2000treesfestival.co.uk forward slash tickets and enter the promo code Sapnin at the top of the page let us know if you're going if you've bought a ticket we're excited to see everyone at all the festivals this summer um it's going to be a very very good time but before we go any further we need to say a massive thank you to everyone who's made this podcast possible and those are the wonderful people a part of our patreon community if you head to the description of this episode there's loads of names there that we do thank but as always sean is going to give a mahoosive shout out to the elite members and they are the top tiers. Yes. And, uh, oh, got a change of order this week because the Patreon's gone mad. <laughs> so, um, yeah. Thank you very much. Alexandra Pemblinton, Katrina Robinson, Louis Cook, Sammy G, Martina McManus, Danny Eaton, Carl Prendlebury, Kylie Wheeler, Mayumi Leeway, Reese Bowring, Mitch Perry, Amadine Urbano, James McNaught, Craig Harris, Keris Andrews, Adam King of the Goths Parcelo, Tony Michaels, Kate Stevenson, Jenny Munster, Caroline Robson, Dilly Grimwood, Ollie Amesbury, Jenny Robson, Chris Howard, Kelly Ewan, Josh, I accidentally swallowed a bunch of Scrabble tiles. My next trip to the bathroom could spell disaster crisp. 
Mikey McDonald's McMuffin Buns, Kelly Young, Lucy Deards, Alice Wood, Natasha Morris, happy birthday for the other day, Kat Besant, Dana Lazama, Paul Urshfield, Muddy Grimwood, Emily Perry, Janelle Caston, M. Evans Roberts, Tom Owen, Connor Lewins, Kelly Cannon, Joe Ackland, Kyle David Smith, Emma Barber, Scott Jones, Amy Campion, Jacob Etherington, Jason Heredia, Captain Hannibal, Nathan Croshaw, John and Emma, Becky Andy, Stuart McNaught, Johnny Phillips, and last by no means least, Daniel Stevenson. Thank you very much to all of those people. Also, check out the description of this podcast where Morgan's added uh, loads of other names. We appreciate everybody who's involved with our Patreon. We could not do it without you. Also, not only is it becoming such a wonderful, friendly, delightful community, but it also seems like we've become some sort of swingers commune. I wouldn't say much more about that. <laughs> You've got to check out patreon.com forward slash happening and then see what's going on there. It, it is a good community, though. People met up a lot this week, seeing Fuel for a Friend on their UK tour, and that was yes. a, a good laugh. Shout out to L Douglas from the group as well, whose birthday it was oh, this yes. week. Sorry, um, because she's uh, a, a big part of the community and, and has brought a lot of people together, and everyone loves her very, very much. Before we go in to our new favorite segment, uh, a weird thing that happened to me at these Fuel for a Friend shows. Um, I went for I went to the toilet. I went for a piss. I had oh. my uh oh, schlong out out ding dong, and someone your came organ. next. You you had your organ, Richard. <laughs> I had my organ out. Someone came next to me, got their organ out, looked at me, and said, "Satman." And oh. I was like, "Well, I'm, I'm having no, a piss." No, where we both got our cocks in our hands. You should have said, oh, do you want a fucking high five Cox? <laughs> <laughs> oh, look at this. Ah, yeah. Um, um, so, yeah, that's interesting. That's good, Mog. That's nice. Um, is, I don't know, is it? <laughs> better than that. It's better than him saying fucking, I hate something and punching <laughs> the back of the head, I suppose, isn't it? That's true. I'll take that. Or pissing that, in I'll... your pocket, like. <laughs> do you want to go into our new favourite segment? Morgan. Let's check out Steve I Honey Update, please. Yeah, Steve I Honey Update! Morgan, uh, what's the update? Is there any honey? Still no. Ah! Yeah, Steve I Honey Update! Cool, thank you very much for listening to Sapping Podcast. Steve I, pull your finger out, son, and get that bloody honey over to us we are not gonna forget it so no um, we're not we're gonna do this every week until we get it and we'll be and so make sure you tune in every friday to find out who our guests will be and if we ever get this honey get in touch with us at sapling pod on twitter and instagram and let us know if you think steve Vai is gonna send us this uh, this honey he was one of my favorite guests we've had on for quite a while due to his happiness and his um his jovial outlook and then when he offered us honey i was like i cannot wait for that so what he's done is he's um he's led us on now uh well not now but i mean it is gonna happen every week until we find out what's going on with this honey so yes check out patreon.com for that's happening thank you everybody that's happening pod that's the end what's happening You're listening to Sapling Podcast with Sean Smith and Morgan Richards. Thank you very much for downloading this podcast or streaming it or I don't I don't know what else you do with podcasts. Um
Thank you very much.